Hello and welcome to this uh, episode 143 of Extinctionati. Uh, I have uh, Karina with me and I'm going south. In fact, we are all going south. Um, and this episode is going to be about the so-called collapse denial and the collapse deniers. It's mostly about the collapse de denial as a phenomenon because we are not you're not here to, to roast individual people. You know, we save that for later. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so it's been a rough week for everybody on the planet. Uh, I, I'm somewhat envious of the animals and the plants because they can't read or understand all the bullshit that's going on in the human world. Um, so anyway... I've been uh, reading a book by one of these uh, uh, prominent collapse deniers. Uh, and I've also, yeah, I've been out in the sun, of course, reading the book on my ear, uh, because that's the best way of reading. And it's so bright as it is here in Greenland in the spring. You get sunburned just by thinking about going out. Uh, and also I've been... Uh, chatting with the chatbots uh, and it's always uh, interesting uh, so lately i've seen that the chatbots when you ask them about what's going on in the world which i did on uh, on april 1st because i i thought maybe the the bot will uh, serve me up some kind of bullshit april fools story so that was kind of a test uh, but as far as I could tell, it didn't. Actually, I, I, I asked, uh, asked it if uh, the uh, story it served me, uh, the narrative it served me on climate, was that an April Fool's joke? And it said, no, this is for real. This is very serious going south. Okay, so um, so the thing is that the... Um, the uh, okay, let's, let's start with the, the human, the human uh, deniers first, because... Uh, they have, you know, you have this uh, Bjorn Lomborg from Denmark, and you have this uh, other guy from America, and they've all written books which are selling like uh, grass or whatever you say over there. Um, and it, because it's, it's they come, they come out, they come out with the sort of positive, optimistic mes message which everybody wants to hear, and, and therefore they become millionaires overnight with, with these positive books. So this latest book that I read is called uh, Apocalypse Never. It's by Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger. And um, he's, you, to cut a long story short, he's basically doing the very simple trick uh, of saying that, okay, so these guys say that the um, the climate change is going to lead to um, to sea level rise, uh, and everybody will die, or millions will die, or billions will die, or whatever. And then he, he fact checks uh, the the question of um, how many people die from sea level rise every year. So he makes the question very very simple, uh, you know, by limiting it to, oh, did the did uh, 50 people die of sea level, sea level rise uh, last year? Uh, and he 
that's it's kind of the core uh, trick of the book is to just find some kind of metric which shows that this is not very serious uh, and also pretend that the doomsayers are really saying that uh, um, everything collapsed uh, and the sea level rose already and uh, there is we only have to look at the past or look at the, the present right now and that's sort of uh, how, as far as it goes it's almost like saying that uh, you know before 1950 that uh, nobody will no human will ever jump more than four meter uh, you know because that was kind of a limit that looks, looked like forever limit at one point it's almost like saying that uh, now we looked in the um, the uh, records for for a uh, high jump and we've not, not never seen anyone uh, jump as high as four meter so therefore that is uh, out of the question it can never happen right and it's the same thing for for 100 meter dash and everything all, all the kind of sport uh, things happen and uh, and people jump higher and higher and uh, also the sea level will rise higher and higher because how could it not you know the ice is going south and uh, and the south pole ice is going north and uh, so that's kind of how things are and when you go over to the machines they they seem to have this they are very very smart of course but they seem to be uh, programmed to kind of not uh, connect the dots so they are like okay yeah uh, the tipping points for the uh, ice caps they may be crossed soon you know just like the IPCC and the UN says uh, and uh, if you ask them if you ask it um, uh, so, okay so you're saying no polar uh, ice caps uh, have tipped no glaciers have tipped uh, no sea ice uh, nothing has tipped yet yeah no so certain scientists uh, maybe point that out um, but overall uh, it's it, we can still act and we can still do something you know to avoid and then if you kind of if you kind of uh, counter argument or, or, or pose questions back uh, systematically uh, on all the weaknesses that it, that it presents. It turns out uh, that it agrees that the sea ice has tipped, the Greenland ice sheet has tipped, the Western Antarctic ice sheet has tipped, uh, and even the, the CO2 keeling curve uh, from 1958 already tipped before the keeling curve uh, was launched in, in 58. So, so it is, it's, it's almost like, yeah, a friend of mine called it a lobotomized, a lobotomized uh, intelligence, right? So, so it, it's, uh, it's been uh, coded and programmed to know a lot of stuff, but not be able to connect the dots like uh, the humans are, are, are good at and to, to kind of give a general impression of the state of the, of the planet. Uh, like, uh, should we really act? Uh, is it still time to act? And uh, when when the, when the chatbot says, uh, yeah, but whether or not we go to five meters sea level rise, that's up to us and, and uh, how we act. And then I counter argue that and say, 
No, but you already said that uh, the planet is getting hotter and hotter. Uh, and it, even if we stopped all emissions, you, you said, you yourself said that uh, we won't go colder. So, so in that uh, scenario, which you actually agree with me about, uh, where you have these feedback loops and, uh, and self-reinforcing uh, mechanisms, there's really no way to stop it going to five uh, meter sea level rise. And there's also no way to stop the methane hydrates in the Arctic uh, under the ocean uh, from melting and uh, exploding to the atmosphere, which again will make it warmer and warmer. So this, these chatbots, they will agree with every part of, of, of this, but they can't sort of make an over building for the for the understanding of the situation. Yeah. So, so that, that I think that can be my introduction. I have lots more, but uh, I would like to to invite you to take the floor. Oh yeah, um, I, I appreciated your comment um, at the beginning when you said you're jealous of the wild animals because I feel the exact same <laughs> way. <laughs> I I mean I feed a lot of them and um, I mean I live in more of an urban area, not like where you live, but we have a it's very forested and we have a lot of, of birds and squirrels and even you know we've got rat uh, mice rats or whatever you call them rodents and. Um, it's just a lot of activity, and I just I, I am very jealous, especially of the birds and, and the squirrels too. Um, uh, and going back to what you were saying about tipping points, um, what I've seen official, and this is what I've seen from more mainstream science from the Potsdam Institute, which is pretty, which is ma mainstream, um, is that. From Ger I believe they're in Germany. They said that um, the Arctic and uh, West Antarctic ice Antarctic ice sheets have passed the tipping point. They have a whole. I mean, I can share. I don't know if you, we can share a screen. I can show you the whole, all of the all of the um, areas in the on the globe that are close to tipping. But those two have already tipped, according to Potsdam Institute, mm -hmm. West Antarctic ice sheet and arctic ice sheets um and then the third thing i wanted to mention was there's there's a disconnect going on because you've got several things happening the environmentalist movement and mainstream science they're all about saving this civilization which is based on cheap fossil fuels and we're running out of those cheap fossil fuels we have to go deeper for them. Uh, the main issue is, and Gail Tverberg talks about this, is um, mo it's getting to a point where um, because we've, it, it will cost more to, for energy will cost more as you either have to dig deeper for the oil or, you know, you have to start transporting coal and you have to add transport costs. So the cost will be too high for the consumer. And then, so um, the investor will, it, the fossil fuel investor will not have, the, basically there has to be a sweet price. The, the investor needs a price, the consumer needs a price. And those two have to 
equal each other. And so investors need more money to um, dig, you know, to for the cost of extraction or the cost of transport. If it's coal, you know, there's tons of coal left. If it's coal, I mean, and we're talking about oil, you, you need money to dig deeper because it gets costlier to extract. And then, so the consumer can't afford it anymore. And this is what we're seeing now. I think what's happening in France is the start of something big where showing, you know, in, in, in the more privileged uh, Western countries that we are running out of cheap fossil fuels. And for, and, and I listened to, I don't know if you've heard of Tim Garrett. He's a, he's a, um, uh, what do you call it? An, an atmospheric scientist. He specializes in aerosols and clouds from the university. I believe it's somewhere in Utah, but he wrote uh, civilization as a heat engine. And um, he, he even said that he, he tweets a lot. And so, and Gail Deverberg also talked about this too, that you need fossil, you know, that actually green energy um green energy require so fossil fuel usage in you know how how should i say this green energy requires fossil fuel so it's not curbing fossil fuel usage green energy is increasing fossil fuel fuel usage it's part of the whole jevons paradox thing so 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 basically the confusion here is you've got a group that of environmentalists who are trying to save the civilization so that's where they're, uh, that's, how, you know, that's the angle that they're seeing things. And then you have, um, you know, you have the doomers who are focused on NTA, you know, certainty of NTHE. Um, what the environmentalists are missing is that we're running out of cheap fossil fuels. So they're not talking to the energy people, you know, and, and it's all the rise and fall of civilizations is all about energy. You know, so all the environmental, environmental scientists, IPCC, no one there is talking about uh, what fuels our whole civilization. And we're in a crisis right now. We're in an energy crisis and we don't have an alternative cheap energy source. Um, and we can't add any more CO2 to the atmosphere where we, we, there's no budget left. So, so then so there's, it just causes, there's all this confusion because, and we wouldn't have this many people if fossil fuels hadn't been this cheap. We wouldn't have 8 billion people on the planet. So we're at a crossing point here. And I don't know, I mean, for me, what I, for, I'm just trying to watch everything that's happening. I don't have a, I'm not attached to any outcome. I just, I'm just trying to get the facts and evidence. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. I think uh, an outcome, that's when you start losing sight of reality and evidence. And this can, and I see this with, a, with a, you know, on both sides, on all sides of the spectrum. That's kind of what I try to do with, with this uh, chatbot uh, from Google as well. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, just ask the, the open general questions, you know, uh, about... Yeah. Uh, how uh, how soon and how certain are these things to, to crash? Uh, and I'm not talking about uh, ice sheets and glaciers and stuff, right? Not not buildings in New York, but uh, but the, the sort of polar um, 
extremes, uh, the uh, South Pole and, and between the Nile Street and stuff. Uh, so uh, just check sort of their reality. It's kind of strange to call the chatbot reality, but you know, it's made by humans. And uh, especially if you ask a general question, uh, like what is going on in the world today, which I did, you know, yesterday, <laughs> uh, then, then you kind of get the the general American progressive understanding of the world. Because uh, let's not uh, beat around the bush, it is progressive. Uh, the, the chatbot definitely votes a Democrat. Uh, so, <laughs> so be that as it, as it may. Uh, so despite its um, reluctancy to join the dots, as, as I uh, talked about, it did agree with all the basic facts in isolation about where things are going because of the energy that is already in the atmosphere and the ocean. Now all of that is uh, is uh, heating up and melting the ice and then making the surface darker and then triggering the methane on the seafloor. So. Um, and uh, and it's basically nothing we can do. And the chatbot basically really basically agrees that the, that we can't stop it, uh, but keeps harping on about uh, uh, we can act, but we can still act. There's never too late to act, which is exactly the same that the UN is saying, right? It's the same as uh, as the UN Secretary General and the IPCC and all that. Both are the same. I have an echo. Do you have an audio on somewhere? Uh, you're no. not hearing. You not, don't have a headset. Okay, I'll, no. I'll try to. I'll try to just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've spent some uh, some years, uh, as I said on the previous episode, I was triggered by the previous IPCC report to go uh, and look into these things myself, because I totally didn't trust any politicians or. Or media uh, on this uh, on this issue, and uh, in fact, one of the one of the few top reasons that I actually do believe that a civilization is going to crash is the huge reluctancy from all these powerful, but also in theory responsible for climate and for security and stuff. Their huge reluctancy to um, admit. We crossed uh, tipping point one, two, and three, you know, and say that, say that clearly, and, and say well, what that implies, because they are chained or linked in a chain reaction. These tipping points. It's not like, yeah, mm -hmm. we crossed one tipping point, but uh, there are ten thousand more. It's more like you, you, if you, if you're in a ski ski jump competition, right, and you break the first barrier on the top. And you go, the skier goes downhill. Uh, no matter how many barriers you have further down the, down the hill, it's going to break all of those because they're already accelerating down the hill, right? That's a, at least that's a Norwegian way of, of explaining things. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we, we just, the thing is, is that we don't have paleo records for what humans have done to the planet in such a, in the last 200 years. There's no paleo records at the speed of which we've been adding carbon to the atmosphere. So we're really, we, and, but we still have a lot of ice. I mean, if you look at 
PETM and Permian, which were, um, temp, you know, the, when, which the, the theory is that methane hydrates was behind those. Uh, PETM was a minor extinction event, but Permian was just the worst, the worst that we have in, in rec, in our records. Um, those happen, those started during warm, warm periods on, on earth's planet. We're in a cold period right now. So there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot we don't know. Even scientists don't know. And so, um, and especially if civilization does collapse soon, it could, I mean, some estimates are showing as early as the next few years and the way things are going in Europe. I mean, wow, that, that looks crazy. Um, what's happening, you know, with, with, uh, there's just not only in France, but I'm hearing in the, the Netherlands and, um, Spain. I mean, they're all, they're all planning big protests. Um, so, uh, so a lot going on there, you know, um, but so that is, uh, that is a bit more on the, you know, you know, on the social and the street fighting level. And, uh, uh I think if we, I think you'll agree that if we, if we as a species don't have agency when it comes to stopping the crazy um, attack against uh, civilization from the planet itself, from Gaia, mm -hmm. then obviously um, people running around uh, setting cars on fire and, and whatever in the streets. Right. We, we, we definitely. Yeah, we definitely don't have agency that I we're going to burn every bit of cheap, you know, fossil fuel available that we can. We we mm. will not I I we 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 just are I've I've been trying to understand the human brain. But we're we're at, we are where we're supposed to be. I mean, and there's nothing to 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 change our situation. But what if civilization does collapse in the next few years? Uh we still have ice inertia left. Um, what, it, I mean, I don't know what if, I mean, I don't know how we can feed this many billions of people if we're running mm -hmm. out of cheap fossil fuels, what's going to happen to the planet? Like if, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, and that we, it could mean, you know, I'm ready for my death. I, I could be one of those that dies early. I don't know, but, mm -hmm. um, I don't mind if, if it's going to save, if it's going to prevent the planet from overheating that civilization, you know, that civilization collapses. I'm just not attached to the outcome. I'm just trying to fit, you know, they're just, things could re start reversing if civilization collapses and most of the, you know, and there's a little, little population left, things could start reversing. There's still a, a lot of ice inertia. We haven't even begun to, I mean, the, the, the ocean inertia has, has taken the brunt of you know heat added by humans and ice inertia is about to take over so if you eliminate most of the population things could start what i'm saying is things could start reversing we, we just don't see um, uh, we don't yeah. see papers on this is because environmentals are trying to save this destructive civilization that kills mm -hmm. everything, which I don't understand how an environmentalist would want this to continue, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's pretty clear uh, for everybody who's uh, even looked into it uh, that uh, some humans, or you could say humans, are going to survive, uh, yeah. which, which really means some humans are going to survive. That's obvious because uh, there are just so many of us. It's like, 
it's like the same as saying that some some ants are going to survive, obviously, you know, because they are even even more uh, multiplicitous or even more numerous than, than humans. So they are going to survive, but it will be a totally different uh, state and a different uh, number population, and it will be a very different day-to-day uh, -day life, <laughs> obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think be before we go before we go to um, to the civilization collapse itself, I think uh, uh, it's interesting to look at the just stop oil. I, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but it's one of these uh, uh, Roger Hallam uh, extinction rebellion things. Just stop oil is sort of the latest uh, over the past year or two uh, campaign uh, uh, because to, to me it. Um, it's kind of the same as, uh, in principle, it's, it's kind of the same problem as uh, the one posed by Lord Yu, because Lord Yu came on the scene in 2019, and we had a panel debate, which I helped uh, organize and produce for the interwebs live debate, I think. Uh, and uh, so, so the... Um, Problematic or the question is he wanted people to, if not do it uh, for real, to at least to threaten to um, withhold the debt payments to the banks. Some kind of idea he had that he wanted to accelerate the collapse by crashing the banks. That obviously. Uh, it's already happening. It's happening yeah, on its own. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. It, it obviously wouldn't yeah. would succeed because you're seeing much, much bigger uh, problems today than than we could could create them. And then, uh, so, but that kind of action, way of action, for to me, it's linked um, in my head. I mean, to uh, to the notion of stopping oil, which is the the whole idea of the Just Stop Oil campaign, right? So. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we had a long debate last year on Extinctionati uh, in May or June about it, and also in this uh, uh, May or June 2019 debate with Lord Yu, um, uh, I argued some of the points uh, at a much earlier stage. So the, the, the problem is basically, because everybody says we, we need to act, we need to act, we need to act, we need to do something, right? So, so then to me, it's a question of, yeah, but um, do we need to stop oil? Are we are we really sure that uh, by stopping oil, or you know, whatever they say, uh, you know, stopping new oil development, whatever, uh, are we sure that by stopping oil or making oil and gas less available, that saves the planet? No, we are not sure about that. For instance, maybe everybody in Africa and in Southeast Asia will chop down the, the last rainforest just to have energy to cook a meal and, and uh, heat their homes or, or whatever. Uh, all kinds of consequences all over the planet and different all over the planet as well because people are different and climates are different and situations are different. So. But when, when people say, no, we should go all in with the economic sabotage thing in 2019, or we should go all in to stop oil and gas, it's it's kind of a, um, what do you call, a, 
they call it it's feudal. Yeah, but also also kind of a student or a sort of a teenager ish uh, thing. You know, yeah, we we just decide something and then we stop that thing and then we solve everything. Uh, uh, yeah, so. I think if you're going to act, you need to be pretty sure that uh, you won't make uh, the planet worse when you do it, right? Uh, because you know you could you could stop inflation in America by dropping a nuclear bomb on it, then the inflation is gone. Uh, but but is that a real solution to the problem? Uh, so, so I think uh, the whole notion of sort of acting because it feels good or acting because uh, we have so short time, acting. Because of blah blah blah, uh, no, I, I don't think we should, uh, you know, um, uproot ourselves and, and turn everything upside down just for some idea that some uh, activist uh, has got. Uh, like you said uh, uh, last week, you know, do we want to have uh, food on the table before exactly. collapse happens uh, or not? I would choose the uh, the food option. You know, it's a, it sounds better, sounds easier. Um, I, okay, so I would too, because of course I want to survive as long as possible. However, what for me, I know, I mean, it. I'm not like like I said, I'm not attached to any outcome. But the best thing is just to let go and let nature take over. Take. I mean, we are part of nature, but let. But we are just we've just gone a little bit you know, too far. And, and anyway, it's going to collapse on us anyway. So I, I, I say just do what you can to help wildlife and prepare for the changes coming. And, um, and it's inevitable. We can't, I mean, it just, I just, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm just seeing collapse around me more and more. And it, it's a blessing in disguise for nature. That's, you know, if it, if it means my own death, uh, but just, you know, there's really nothing more that can be done. It's collapsing on its own. The civilization is collapsed. This, this civilization based on cheap fossil fuels is collapsing. Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you, you know, I mentioned to you af after last week's show that uh, I may probably have some uh, very interesting person uh, on the side, who may come into uh, uh, one of the future shows uh, about, you know, to to question some of the climate stuff, right? Uh, and he is also, um, let's just say, he has some uh, hopes and some uh, ideas about how to solve the energy problem, uh, and and it's very sort of out there, but uh, it's kind of interesting, and uh, you know, when we. And we're all missing Lord Yu very much. I think uh, having that kind of uh, what can you call him? Just uh, justly, uh, I would say very colorful and very interesting personality uh, uh, from his work, from what he's doing. You know, I don't I don't care about some other old man's personal life. I care about what he's doing uh, with with his time and, and with his. Um, thinking have you so, have you heard of i just in in it, i, I want to make sure to make this comment in addition to what you mentioned about the guests have you heard of richard heinberg from the post carbon institute 
Yeah, I've heard about most of the people you name dropped. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Richard Heinberg is basically, um, he, he, you know, he's 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 a he's been writing books that uh, we're running out of cheap fossil fuels, but he he's saying, you know, start getting ready for let, you know, just start getting closer closer to your community, start building community, get out of the monetary system. Um, also just start getting used, used to things, get used to having less, you know? Um, and also if the, you know, he's, he's like, it sounds like he's thinking that things are getting pretty extreme because he said that if anything, we should try to salvage the grid because of information on the grid. If, if there's anything we can salvage, let's salvage the electrical grid. I mean, so to me, that sounds pretty doomy if, you know, on on his on his end, which I see things as very dooming, but but he's coming from a, you know, uh, more on the mainstream side of things, and for him to saying we need to save the grid means that things are getting pretty bad with with running out of energy. You know, I think energy. you can just wave uh, the grid goodbye. Uh, is pretty sure, uh, that's one of the very first things to go. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, these guys um or the, these uh, intelligence uh, ai bots they're like uh we need to act we need to act we need to act let me just see uh uh act, we need to act to avoid the the worst effects of everything so it's it's kind of a a mantra or a dogma that we need to act so i think i'm thinking that maybe one of the very few things that we are still able to do or act uh, around is maybe for the collapse itself. Um, uh, you know, we, mentally we are kind of uh, preparing for the idea that uh, having a collapse of human society, human systems, the grid and everything, is maybe the only thing that can save the natural world, can save the biosphere. Uh, I think that sounds uh, plausible. Uh, so in that um, context, you have what uh, just just collapsed from Australia, from Tasmania, uh, who were guests on this show twice last year mm -hmm. on, on my invitation. What they are talking about is we need to start dismantling these uh, nuclear power plants around the yeah. world. But this Schellenberger guy who wrote uh, this uh, Apocalypse Never book, uh, he says uh, he actually he actually runs a pro-nuclear office in Washington or something. He, he's he's gone all in for nuclear. Uh, but, you know, so maybe if we're talking not about stopping. Uh, civilization collapse and not stop about stopping uh, climate where, where, where it's going. Uh, I think the the most ethical and moral thing that we can do uh, as individuals and as a humanity is to prepare the aftermath um, for the collapse mm -hmm. by taking away the absolute most toxic and radioactive and long-lasting dangers that we have uh, in our stupid uh, 
societies uh, and you know starting with the with the not yet closed uh, nuclear power stations uh, because those are going to go belly up and uh, just destroy entire regions you know for thousands of years I as mean, far as I, would, I know anyway I would love that to happen but you know it's not going to happen it's all of this is going to we have no power to stop that because they're going to they're going to try to continue the civilization as it, it's going to have to be forced on us. I mean, of course you and I would like to do that, but, um, but the people in charge, they're going to try to s- keep it going for as long as it can go. It goes. So I don't know what you do about the, I've heard there's about 450 nuclear reactors around the world. That's serious. I don't, I mean, um, if anything, just maybe, have a group prepared post-collapse that can, I, I know that that may sound hopiumish. Um, after everything collapses, maybe have a group of, of people who work there go and do what they can after everything has collapsed. But before it's going to be impossible because people, you know, this, they're going to, they're going to try to get the this system going. Um, I don't know if, if this is going to collapse, like um, have you, is it are they called Jenga puzzles where the whole thing just um collapses very quickly all at once like major um key points are removed and so the whole thing just um or connections you know major connections because the system is so complex are removed and the whole thing just collapses together um, they need the. Uh, I think they need basically two things. Uh, you yeah. Know, they're all, they're all placed uh, near a lake, or a river, or a, a seashore. So they obviously need the water for cooling, uh, and then they actually they can't they can't produce the electricity that they need to run. So mm-hmm. if the grid goes down, so even mm-hmm. if this uh, power station is uh, creating electricity. It can't, at least the old ones. I, I don't know about the new ones, but uh, most of these uh, power stations they can't run if the grid goes down. Then they have to fire up some diesel uh, aggregators or something. Um, so, so, so they, they basically go down the, the same day everything else, uh, you know, goes belly up, like uh, there's yeah. a hurricane or a tsunami or whatever. And everything goes uh, to shit. You know the, the Japanese one? That was a tsunami. Uh, oh, Fukushima, yeah. Yeah, most people say it was natural and there was a wave, big tsunami wave, and then uh, it went belly up. Other people say it was uh, an American uh, computer virus that was spread by USB sticks all around the planet, intended for uh, some Iranian... Uh, nuclear power stations, but it uh, ended up as friendly fire against the Japanese. Uh, yeah. I don't think we can ever get the, the full truth about that. But um, Yeah, so I think the, the key to making this happen uh, would be for some kind of EU or UN or some high-level thing uh, to, to enforce it. And you would have to sell it as a security thing you know you, can, you can't go full full bore and say this is because we're going to collapse this is oh, oh, just forget about that you have to sell it in as a uh, 
let's say uh, climate change, uh, extra security, close down measures, right? Just just like you have uh, all kinds of uh, standards in Europe and America now, you have sort of you have uh, health environment and uh, security in Scandinavia. The, the problem Europe. is forcing. In, I don't in, mean to in, 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 in yeah. Europe, you have uh, in Europe you have uh, equity and uh, diversity, you know, all of these kind of stuff. So you have all these standards, and mm -hmm. the, the obviously the most relevant standard for a fucking nuclear power station would be that it's possible to shut it down in a timely manner if if the worst thing should happen. It shouldn't have to be so so hard to get these things reg regulated so that every power station in Europe and America at least has to comply and have these plants. You know, not just plants, but the ha yeah. yeah. I I just don't. The problem is, is that the pe I don't trust the people in charge. That's the um they're just i mean i mean just to see especially in the west i mean what i'm watching in the west the u.s and the west we have complete crazy people in charge that are pushing us off the cliff um you know i, I don't i don't know in the i consider the u.n to be part of the west i i, I don't know you know they all they're doing is they're just trying to destroy things faster and um i just don't find them competent at all you know mm -hmm. um so i i feel like what you're saying i mean i would love that to happen but it's just sadly i i, I think that might be hopium yeah 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 that, that's okay but uh, you know the only argument i'm making is that if there was going to be, be some kind of action uh still uh, available for us in the collapse situation that would have to be some uh, that kind of of action that is you know like uh, uh, removing uh, toxic uh, ponds or chemicals or whatever that gets into nature cleaning mm -hmm. the the shit up and uh, yeah. and having um, a procedure that could close down, even if you don't know the procedure today in 2023, establishing a procedure by throwing money on, on research and stuff that every power station could be closed down in, say, three or four years after after an incident, after a collapse, right? Mm -hmm. That would be the only type of action that would make sense the way I see it. You know, apart from individual uh, preparations and uh, learning to uh, to hunt and gather, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I was watching just a, this quick video of these dogs that were abandoned in Fukushima. I mean, in uh, what was that um, explosion in Russia or Ukraine? Uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah, these dogs that were le left behind, but they were pets, and they were just left behind when all the all the um, citizens, you know, left the area. 
and they've survived. They've kind of created their little pack. Um, and they don't live long because of disease and also shelter. They've got issues with shelter, something like that. Um, but they, yeah. So, um, it's interesting to, to look at the, the dogs that have survived Fukushima, I mean, um, Chernobyl. Yeah. And, uh, and the wolves that have come in. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of the shorts videos from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't watch the, uh, the full documentary or series or whatever yet. So I, I have still to see that. So. Yeah. But of course, uh, for us growing up, I think we were born in the same year. For us growing up, up to oh grade. yeah, massive shock in the nineteen eighties, nineteen eighty six, I think. Yeah, that was, that was for me. I think it was basically then that I kind of uh, was freaked out for the first time about the environment. And yeah, that was probably it, and it also increased the the focus in, in the media in Scandinavia about everything environmentally. So yeah. because 86 was, was my Greta Thunberg year, you know, I was 15 years old in, in 1986. So obviously I was uh, going to jump on that train, not just the nuclear thing, but the entire sort of ecological yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're much. I was very delusional throughout my life about what was happening, what was really happening. Um, you know, I'm a city girl. I always liked cities. Um, even though I grew up, I mean, I grew up in um, from age five to 10 in Venezuela. And my dad would take us hiking up to the cloud rainforest because the Andes start in Venezuela. Um, and the cloud, you know, we would go hiking, but when we, when I moved to the U S when I was 10, I became very city, you know, enjoyed the city. And so when you're in the city, you really, um, I wasn't paying that much attention to nature, you know? So yeah, I, my big wake up moment was 2016. I had basically, yeah. Why is that? 2016. I saw a guy McPherson video. And I mean, I, I kind of, okay, so I kind of was worried before 2016 because I was living in Southern California and it just, it felt like, um, it, you know, it, it was starting to feel uncomfortable there. The droughts were getting pretty bad. So that's one of the reasons I moved to Oregon. And so I, I was kind of, you know, thinking something's not right. And, um, and then I ran into a Guy McPherson video. I was very upset after Bernie Sanders, what happened to Bernie Sanders. And, and so I was kind of in a, in a, in a very dark, dark time. And then I ran into a Guy McPherson video and I realized that the climate, you know, because of his video, I realized the climate, you know, situation is much, is kind of what was, I was feeling in my gut that things were really bad. But it, it, it wasn't until, I mean, so just a few things before 2016, but then really it was 2016 where I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I, it was almost a relief because, um, 
you know, my gut was feeling something. So to be able to surface what was I was feeling in my su subconscious to bear, you know, to confirm that it was a, it was a relief, but I, I did go through serious grieving after that. Hmm. I, I can totally see the relief part because it's like, you know, when I talk to one of my buddies, <clears throat> he's from Ar Armenia, but I know him from, from Oslo, right? The, when we talk about all, all the things that are so totally messed up uh, on the planet and in society and the war and everything, you know, uh, you know, he's an anarchist and he's always been anti-war and uh, and uh, military draft refuser and everything right um, so whenever we, we talk on the Fridays or whatever it's like these days we can finally say that uh, yeah but all of that is going to be solved when just this whole thing comes crashing down you know uh, <laughs> so we don't have to solve we don't have to go out and sort of uh, try to loosen up the knots and uh, make people be friends and uh, all kinds of things that you would otherwise do because everything is just going down and nobody will care if you are this and that or, or from this or that country or whatever after the collapse because then it's just, uh, when it's just uh, you know, depending on the situation in your area, it's every humans help each other or or every every stranger is shot on site you know it's, it takes it down to a much much more basic level and uh, and of course all the ecological things uh are bound to start improving you know i wrote a poem maybe three four years ago about uh plastic pollution and microplastics. Uh, so I kind of wrote it from the planets, uh, from Gaia's perspective. And uh, the only way to stop the fucking plastic pollution is to to have the entire system come down. And then- Exactly. And only, only at that moment, the oceans can begin to heal because then more and more plastic will, will either uh, evaporate or melt on the beach or sink to the bottom. It just, it just gradually go out of circulation, right? And because you get layers of uh, mud or whatever on the on the bottom of the lakes and the oceans and the fjords. So the only way to, to, to just get it to start to improve is to shut down all the industry which is impossible to do politically you know you can never get all the factories to shut down the only way to do that is for everything to just collapse uh, exactly yeah. and and you know that um it's it's fault you know plastic is fossil fuel so um that's collapsing and um so yeah no i mean i i think that um, I think that this, this thing could really, this whole civilization could really collapse. I mean, um, we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see day to day what happens, you know, we're, we're just in unknown territory right now. I mean, we are, we are in some crazy times. Um, and it's, it's scary, but fascinating at the same time, you know?
Maybe maybe you would like to go into the El Nino uh, southern uh, southern ice situation. Is that something you would like to uh, yeah, venture I, into? I, yeah. Oh, is that what you mean? What we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me. I want to. So James Hansen. I want to start. Okay. I want to start with. Um, oh man. A quote from James Hansen's. Do you want to continue talking while I find the quote from his paper this year? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We we're coming up to. I didn't st start my stopwatch, but we're coming up to an hour break in uh, maybe five minutes. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, when that happens, the the lady says. Uh, streaming is off and then uh, i have to do something very fast in my keyboard and then she will say streaming is on again and uh, and then you can carry on talking so you know what torsing i i've got to leave pretty soon so why don't All we right. do this why don't i be i'll be prepared with the information for next for next sunday how about mm -hmm. that and we'll, and we'll just continue until it stops and i i've got to i have to head on out um but I'll yeah. be I'll have it ready to go for our next chat on next Sunday. But can we, but can we just touch uh, touch on it? Uh, it? It's about some some theory about how the the El Nino uh, in the, in the Pacific can be uh, uh, delayed or or cancelled uh, due to. Uh, some iceberg interactions with the with the temperature layers. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm going to back up a little bit um, and just tell you where my my research. Like, just I'm just a I'm just a regular person with no science background. Um, I read James Hansen's book twice because it's very hard to read. It's a lot of physics and um, I was very shocked because most of the climate models were saying we should have El Ninos, but we just, we just finished a triple dip La Nina. We're out of, we're neutral now, but we could go back into a La Nina or some are predicting El Nino. Um, what, what was interesting is um, I, I read this article based on a paper um, that the IPCC hasn't, modeled ice sheet melt very well in their in their models um and so in james hansen's book he talks about three sources of inertia the first is ocean and when i'm saying inertia to absorb the heat added by by humans the first source is is oceans the second source is ice inertia and the third is um global energy systems any and the global energy systems means that are we going to continue adding co2 to the atmosphere um in other greenhouse gases of course too so the the first one the ocean so the oceans have taken the brunt of the heat um more than 90 percent and um the second one is ice inertia and that is starting to to take effect particularly in antarctica right now it hasn't really 
hasn't been activated until the last two years. It's really starting to, it, ice sheets take longer to melt. It, it's a slower feedback. And most of the ice, um, when we're talking about inertia, is in, green, is in Antarctica and Greenland. Those are the two main inertia areas. And so, um, so I don't know if you guys have been following what's been happening in Antarctica, but it's really, you know, the ice is really, the melt is really picking up and there's, um, and I have images showing like, you know, the icebergs that are how the, you know, how the ice, when it, when it cuts off, uh, from, from the, from the, from Antarctica, how it travels around mm -hmm. Antarctica before it goes into, into it's called um, ice alley or something like that um, close to the tip of Argentina. Um, it, I, sorry, you'll have to fact check me on all this stuff because my memory is not the best. But um, so basically there's a guy named Chris Van Steenbergen. He's on Twitter. He's, a, he's, he's an independent scientist and he follows a lot of, you know, the temperatures, um, or, you know, around the world, he, he follows the ice in both poles. He, he follows all the satellite data information and all that stuff. And he, he's an apocalyptimist and he is, he is definitely trying to save, I, mean, I get the impression this civilization, he's got faith in human humanity and technology to save this. Um, however, he's been, um, you know, mainly he's, talking about all the dire stuff happening in the Arctic. And I'm sure he'll, you know, it'll be resumed now that we're moving into um, the summer, moving into the summer of the Northern hemisphere. But in, in the South, he's been tracking all of the, the ice that has been breaking off of Antarctica. And he seems to think, and he, it's also, it seems like he's got other, he's talking to other scientists that are about this too. He seems to think that the ice melt from the ice, you know, just the inertia, the ice melt is going to, um, could get us back into another La Nina or in, in, and slow down the heating that's happening. But uh, do, you, do you think he is uh, Sam Karana? What was that? Do you think he is Sam Karana? Oh, definitely not. Because Sam Karana doesn't okay. even talk about ice inertia at all. Okay. Sam Karana okay. never has mentioned this ice inertia. In fact, I'm not even, I mean, you're, you're hearing about sea level rise, how terrible sea level rise is. Uh, the only one that I've taught, heard is, is, is um, a talk, really talk about this ice inertia. And I did see a paper about it too, uh, uh, about the, the melting off Antarctica could slow down warming. I saw a paper about that that came out a couple of years ago. Um, so, why so something is going on here and we just have to wait and see you know what i mean it's just um we'll have to wait, wait and see what happens but let me you know what let me just read his last tweet that would help hold, hold on yeah. one second let me just read his last tweet let's do that Sorry, my computer is kind of slow. Just answering the chat.
Okay, this is his, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is, he, he posted, he tweeted this 23 hours ago. Our climate system is so genius that it can and will save itself. Um, the average sea surface temperature shoots up, but the temps of the entire column drop due to meltwater. The global mean temperature follows the sea surface temperatures. The, the Nino indices or indices, indices follow the cooling and the sea level is falling. Okay. I don't know. Uh, that might. Okay. So let me just read something that's a little bit more clear from a few days ago. Um, okay. He wrote this on March. He tweeted this on March 25th. When an iceberg reaches Joinville and Durerville Island, the northern northernmost point of West Antarctica, thing. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be very interesting. Did you want me to finish reading that, or uh, did you get the? Oh, I was muted. I was muted. Uh, yeah, please, please finish it. I think also it will okay. be very interesting uh, with the April. Uh, seeing these graphs go up or down for April. So we will definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to just... Okay. Um, wait, did you, want, did you say you, for me to speak up? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll reread it since we were cut off. Um, okay, so this he, put, he tweeted on March 25th. When an iceberg... I'm repeating this. When an iceberg reaches Joinville and D'Urville Island the northern point of West Antarctica, the Nino 3.4 index drops almost immediately within less than five days, a few tenths of a degree. It seems that iceberg D38 is going to pass the coast of Joinville Island next week. Okay, so let me just continue on here. Uh, okay, so on March 30. He tweeted, exciting. Usually I hope I'm wrong, especially when I'm predicting sea level rise or when I pr project glaciers to retreat. But now I really hope I'm right. It must be, otherwise we're screwed. Um, it's a then, kind of, it kind of sounds like he's uh, clutching at straws. Uh, you know, it's like you're hanging by the side of the cliff, outside of the cliff, and there are some straws that you can barely hang on to. And uh, so um, isn't, this, uh, uh, isn't this a part of the psychological, um, what do you call that in a negotiation oh, stage? Hope, hope, mm -hmm. uh, delusion, delusional thinking or cognitive dissonance. Yeah. 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 Uh, because interestingly, uh, when I was, uh, you know, in earlier years, especially around 2016, you know, when, when you came along and uh, and the years after that, uh, when I was YouTubing about this, uh, about the, the sea ice and stuff, I found that, you know, I always did it without a manuscript. I didn't want to mm -hmm. have a script because I, I wanted to just, you know, freely associate and, and whatever. And I found out because I didn't have a manuscript, my mind, rather my heart, I think, uh, just sort of uh, slowly glide over to hoping these things would crash uh, and would melt out. 
and it wasn't planned, but it was uh, it was kind of uh, where my heart really was, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's kind of inspired by the deep ecology that I learned in, in university, you know, with RNS and very uh, Jensen and stuff. Uh, so it went back to sort of my teens or my twenties. When I when I started thinking and exploring the the planet, um, yeah. So so the the basic thing is that the living planet is a has a lot of in, intrinsic value that is uh, um, independent of humans. It, it's, it's not like it's not like the planet is worthless. Nature is worthless if if no human wants to pay for it. It has a lot of value. And every living thing has its own uh, value that comes from within, in itself. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so I, I kind of slowly slided over to the hoping it would speed up, so accelerate, and that we would have this uh, this civilization collapse because that's the only way that the animals would run free and. Uh, the cows and the pigs and the chickens will be released and you know everybody would have a good day <laughs> yeah well we are we, we are still running out of cheap fossil fuel so that's a bit that's mm. that seems i mean that seems to be real it, it just in the evidence seems to be apparent so then then we, we also have the aerosol masking effect to, and we can discuss that in the next episode. The aerosol, it's I've been wa- mm. following aerosols. That's James Hansen covers that a lot. It's very interesting. Um, we can, you know, that's for another topic. Um, yeah. and um, but yeah, so I, I say the way I look at it, we just take it day to day, we'll see what happens now. Um, it should be very exciting and scary at the same time, you know what I mean. Um, but we just, we're in unknown territory and Chris Van Steenbergen, he wants to save the civilization. I don't, I mean, uh, but I'm not attached to an outcome, but I, I'm just letting it be free and let, let it all rip, rip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on, sorry. I'm kind of on the fence because I, I like civilization. I like uh, <laughs> I like yep. universities. I like yeah. uh, goth music and uh, uh, paintings and uh, special type of literature. Lots of things that I like, and um, I also actually like uh, computers and being able to to talk to interesting people on the other side of the planet, uh, or maybe. Not the other side, because we are at least Greenland and uh, Oregon is on the same continent, uh, so it's not uh, completely the opposite side of the planet. Um, but uh, lots of things that I appreciate, um, uh, also cultural stuff, you know, like uh, maybe not in America, but in Greenland at least, uh, going downtown uh, to shop or. Uh, Go to the pub or whatever. People are civil and nice, mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a shield and a and a sword just to go down the down the pub. Uh, you don't have to to you know 
carry a lot of uh, weapon uh, weaponry all over. Uh, all of those um, kind of things that we take for granted in in many parts of the world. Um, once you're out of the civilization phase, it's it's more like it's more like uh, a knife on your throat. Uh, um, yeah, so lots of things to appreciate, but I think in the, in the final equation for me anyway, it's more like uh, it's it's unsustainable. It can't go on, and um, we have to make sure that uh, the the living planet lives on because that's kind of the be all and end all of everything. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I think I'm on. I think I'm on your side that I wanted to to crash, uh, but that's only to say the because we're we're sort of forced into a corner and we have to to choose. We have to choose between civilization and and the biosphere, uh, and that's why I want to preserve or uh, see uh, the biosphere prevail. Yeah. I mean, I just, there's so much out of our control. The only thing um, to focus, I mean, I'm just trying to build community here um, and just take it day to day. And I think what helps me get through, like I volunteer at the local shelter, a dog walk, and just the people I meet there are so wonderful. And it gives me, it gives me a feeling, you know, just of, I don't know, like some, something special you know, um, and, um, you know, uh, when things, as things collapse further, um, you know, co community will be important and, um, you know, that's all I can say, but, you know, just enjoy, I, I really live the moment now, enjoy every day, you know, just with the little things in life. That's all you can do, you know? Yeah. It's like you. It's like you. We said earlier at uh, you no know, about the relief thing. You yeah. About from, from 2016, uh, because when, when when you no longer have to solve every problem in the world that is big and and, and important and, and and grave, it's relieving. You know, then, then yeah. you can finally go out in the sun and uh, uh, make angels in the sun or have a snowball war or whatever you want to surf the fjord uh, and uh, or just watch the eagles and the ravens, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to make friends with the crows. We don't have ravens. Ravens are more in the wildlife. Crows are more uh, urban, you know, but I'm trying, I'm so desperately wanting to become friends with crows. You've <laughs> so, had, yeah. uh, you had uh, the, the white birds uh, coming back this week, the past two days, um, starting on April Fool's Day. Uh, the seagulls and all of these uh, white colored uh, seabirds. They are flying in from the south, so you can see them like uh, a mile high in the air coming from the south Greenland or even further south. So this is the spring spring season. They don't uh, they don't care. They don't bother to hang out here in the winter. 
So now yeah. there's only ra only ravens and eagles in the meeting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's the mating. Help them with uh, help them with their nests. A, a friend of mine told me to put uh, bread so they they can they use uh, they soak bread um, to get water to their uh, to their babies mm -hmm. to their chicks. Yeah, yeah. I think the the seagulls up here are so professional. They they dive down to the uh, <laughs> to the blue mussels. Yeah, you know blue, blue mussels, uh, and they have also these uh, what do you call these uh, corona-shaped uh, buns that you have in in the sea. It's, it's called crow crow balls uh, or crow buns in uh, in Norwegian. Nice um, urchins. I think they call urchins sea urchins. Something like that. Yeah, that's so, so, yeah. Yeah, so they dive for them as well. So you have lots of uh, shells on the on the land after the seagulls and the ravens. So oh. uh, and actually, birds appear they don't actually eat your bread. You can you can stand all day throwing bread into the fjord. They don't care about it because it's <laughs> it's a, it's so lush. It's so plentiful with everything up here. We have uh, you can almost walk on the fjord because there's so much fish. Uh, oh wow! You know so. Uh, Good luck trying to get. The, I, have, I have some bread now that I'm going down to the fjord tonight to, to give to the birds, but I've never seen them eat anything because I think they they are just totally fed up with luxury seafood <laughs> that is totally clean and free of salt and free of uh, all kinds of human uh, toxic ingredients. You know, so that's yeah. funny. Um, oh, I, I I'm gonna. In our yep. next chat, I want to. I've got to go now, but there's a very interesting uh, study I read about um, uh, the eastern part of Greenland. Um, but I'll I'll keep that as something special for the next show. Yeah. Um, but but I gotta get would, going now. Um, would you like to Would you like to say goodbye to everybody? To the yeah, um, I'll have to I'll have to check out the YouTube's um, and see the comments. Yeah. Check out the comments on YouTube. But can you say um, thank you to? to oh, crowd? thanks, thanks for to everyone, and I hope you guys can join us. Um, you know, it, it would be fun to get a few, you know, a few people in addition on to the to our show. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, and it's not scary. I mean, I I can't believe Torstein. I I refused to do this until Torstein convinced me. I. I mean, this is this was very scary. But once once you take the plunge, it's it's not as scary as as I thought it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks thanks to everyone. I'm really a kind guy. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Torsin. Thank you, Torsin, for for making this this show happen. Really appreciate everything you. Not only this, but everything you've done for our community when you were on Extinction Radio. Just all the, the Arctic information, you know, great stuff. Well, that's too much. Everything you've okay. done for, for our community. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. And I look forward to next Sunday. Take care. Bye.